0: Hi, my name is Dali. I am a parenting coach that specializes in bullying awareness and prevention for parents. And I'm so excited sharing with Pearl today. Hey,
1: everybody, it's Pearl again from Women's Successful Living, and you are listening to Conversations with Pearl today. And I'm so excited. We're going to have some fun today. And for all my parents that are listening out there, especially our moms, I want you to grab a piece of paper and a pen because we're going to give you some fun information, some really great info that you're going to want to take notes on. And so today my special guest is Dolly Rivera. She is a parenting coach specializing in bullying awareness and prevention education for the parents of middle school age kids. She helps parents learn how to advocate for their kids and get them through the experience in a healthy way. She is also the creator of the diversity and anti-bullying Academy, also known as hashtag Daba and owner of Dolly talks, Dolly is also a U.S. Army veteran. Thank you for her service. She's a speaker, a parent to two teen girls, and a wife of an Army veteran. Dolly earned her master's degree in women and gender studies from Towson University. Her passion to stop bullying comes from her own personal experiences as a bullied child and from having become an advocate for her children for children, including her own children. She's dedicated herself to sharing knowledge to help you and families thrive and promote equality in their own communities. And listen, you can benefit from Dolly's free resources through the Dolly Talks podcast, Dolly Talks shows on YouTube, Instagram, and her blog at dollytalks.com. And we're going to make sure we put all that into the show notes so you will be able to find that. But Dolly, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much. I'm excited as well. This is so fun. So, Dolly, tell us you know, we've heard a little bit about your bio, but tell us a little bit about your background and what what shaped you through the years to want to bring this platform? This is a very important, you know, subject matter and we're seeing more and more, you know, every day we're turning the news on and something's happening. So share with us why why this for you.
0: So um, I experienced bullying as a child, I came from Nicaragua at the age of seven. And you know, you're just a different kid. And you experience all these things. And sometimes kids are not very nice, mostly because they just don't understand why you're different. And that really shaped who I was at the age of seven, I went from a vibrant child to very introverted, and just wishing I were invisible because of all the different attacks and when children arrive to the United States, nobody educates them on, on, on culture and, um, you know, like the history of the United States. So I remember being called the N word a lot in like slurs that were used for Latinos who came from mainly Mexico to the United States. And I always wonder what that meant. Um, and I just knew it was hurtful. So, you know, I felt like something was wrong with me because all these kids from everywhere would call me names and stuff. And even among the Latino population, my dialect of Spanish is different, you know, and I think a lot of people don't realize that even in the Latino community. Um, so every little thing that they could pick on, it just, you know, over a long period of time, it just becomes draining, tormenting. And, um, Thank goodness I grew out of that uh, with the help of some friends and also just inner work. Um, And then as a parent, you know, like I went to the military somehow, this introverted kid went to the military. It was supposed to be three years, ended up being 10 amazing years. And then I get out and I know that what I learned in the military was that I love being of service and that I I love advocating for my soldiers because I saw so many injustices So um, you know, I left that and immediately transitioned into motherhood. And my child started school like every other child at the age of five, and she gets bullied that first week, you know, as she's getting on the bus. And, you know, the immediate thing you do as a parent is, hey, go tell the bus driver. And then bus driver couldn't do anything. So go to the school principal. School principal tells me, I can't help you because that didn't happen on school grounds. And then it was, oh, well. We have to follow policy. And I'm like, what the heck? This policy is like hindering instead of helping. So what's going on? And, you know, what I found out was a lot of parents, including myself, we were just not educated on how bullying incidents are handled by the school. And so here's a parent with this thought of, well, the school's there to protect my child. They're going to act immediately. It's a simple fix because all they got to do is remove the kids from the bus, make sure they leave her alone. That's it there was nothing wrong with my child. She was a very vibrant, very outspoken child. And to see her from being excited to like, I don't want to go to school anymore, because these boys are messing with me. You know, it's just heart shattering. So I began researching everything I could about that policy she kept talking about, you know, the school principal. And then from there, I just down the rabbit hole. And I pretty much never stopped that since. It's been incredible how much information I found, but it's also incredible how much information there is lacking even today to help parents. So I decided I'm going to just volunteer my time and give this information to parents. And seven years later, my husband one day says, Hey, because uh, I had just gotten la- laid off. He says, Hey, um, it's time for you to start getting paid for those workshops you've been you know, offering for free. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. (laughs) And, And he talked me into it and actually set up my very first appointment to pitch to a school principal. And that's pretty much how it began. I was like, I already have everything written out. I had slides. I had done workshops and five years in business now. And here I am. So I help parents and also go to organizations
1: and provide the workshops. That's such a great story and how you took something that was traumatic for you. And, and found that it wasn't just you, it was a need throughout your, your community, throughout those that are in your culture. And then also, here you are, you, you know, do your service. And we all and yes, thank you for your service. And 10 years as a female in the service, I know is it's not easy. I have many friends yeah. that are females that have retired out. And some of the stories they share are pretty Mm -hmm. surprising and and then to go and then you watch you know you have these beautiful children and you watch your like you said so excited to go to school i mean every five-year-old is scared and excited at the same time to go to school and then have her go through that process. And I remember it's funny you said that. I remember that an incident happened with my with my son and I got told the same thing by the principal and they're both grown and out of school but and I was sitting there going, "Well, it's still tied together. Like they're mm-hmm. in a in a vehicle coming to you at your school. How is that not tied together?" you know, and it's just so surprising and then advocating, you know, for them is you know, in some regards, they, they look at the parents like, oh, you're just that troublemaker, but really you're advocating for your child to have that safe environment and, and to create that. And then I think it's so cool that your husband says, and you know, many times I talk here often, and I've coached women who are like, I want to go do this, but my husband is just like, so against it, or my partner doesn't want me to do it for whatever the reasons are. And then here you are, your amazing husband says, Mm-hmm. I think you should do something with this, and, and look what you look what you're doing. I mean, we're looking at the back. To so those that are are listening, she has this amazing a wall on the back of, the, of her that's got some of her work, some of her characters that are in some of her books, and it's just so so awesome to see somebody feeling a need that's that's such an a, you know a need and it's sad and how much of a need it is, right? Like how much of a void we still and how long we still have to go with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's such a long thing. So tell us, Dolly, like when you started on this journey of seeing this need and going down the rabbit hole, I like that you shared, you know, went down the rabbit hole and keep digging deeper and deeper. Like what was some of the top, if you could tell us and the listeners, what were some of the top three things that you saw or are seeing that comes around bullying right now? Oh, that's
0: such a good question, Pearl. So when I was doing a lot of in-person workshops with parents and grandparents, um, was that two questions always came up. And even now in the virtual ones that I offer, and they, uh, well, actually three questions. One is, uh, how do I tell my child to stop a bully? The other one is, how do I handle a situation when the teacher is bullying my child? And the other one is, how do I stop workplace bullying or harassment? And that has been consistently the three questions that always come up. And um, it's crazy because people don't correlate bullying with work or they don't, except that teachers can bully a child. And some of the wording that I consistently hear is, oh kids are just soft. This generation just doesn't know how to deal with conflict. They're just too, um, they're too cuddled or that's just part of life. just you know, it's part of being a kid. you grow up, you'll you'll be fine. But the data shows that the mental health impacts on children who are not just bullied, but also the bully, as well as sometimes even the wit- the witnesses, they have higher risks of long-term negative mental health impacts. And all the data, I mean, whether you go to the Association of Psychology for Children, you know, um, uh, there's so much data out there. And it is not that kids are weak or soft. It is that bullying has evolved. I mean, when a lot of us were younger we didn't have cell phones. So bullying would stop at school because you go home and that was your safe space. Now kids are coming home with these devices, whether it's a Chromebook, their own smartphone, a tablet, whatever it is. And they're being chased into their home where it's supposed to be the safe space. And they're being tormented. And even adults don't really know how to define bullying clearly. When I ask them, sometimes what I notice is that they're giving me the definition of teasing, which is very different, you know, and um, you have one out of um, one in five kids are usually bullied. That's what the the, uh, statistics show. And before the pandemic, 160,000 children were missing school only to avoid a bully that was just for the kids who just didn't want to go because there was a bully and they were trying to avoid them those are huge numbers and if we if we need to convince our population or the schools to do something about it then maybe if we if i translate this into how it impacts your pockets your money right so a lot of schools they get paid based off of how many children attend school every day and there's a certain dollar amount Per child. So if you have 160,000 kids every day in the United States missing school and they're being paid every single child, their the school is being paid, say 110, 120 dollars, which is normally around what it is, that's millions of dollars out of the education system because the child is missing school only because they're missing, you know, they, they don't want to face that bully. They don't want to go back to that. And the parents are not being educated by the school system, right? You have you have schools that have anti-bullying programs or bullying awareness programs. And if you think about it, most schools, they don't implement it every single day. Sometimes they have something like a kindness campaign. But these are like band-aid programs that don't talk in depth about what bullying looks like, what different types of bullying look like, ways to respond, you know, like how to re- how the parents can advocate for their children. And that's where I come in. I talk to the parents about where to find the policy. Let's read it together. Let's analyze it, pick it apart. What lingo are they using? How are they defining bullying? And does your situation with your child meet the requirements of the bullying definition at your child's school? Because they won't help you really if it doesn't meet that. They're like, oh no, it's not defined by that. I mean, there's so many things I found out. Like every time I would go and report to the teacher's or, or to the principal, I would just walk up and tell her, right? Well, come to find out, it's really official when you actually submit it in writing, because then they now are legally responsible to do something about it. And I mean, all these things you don't find out, right? Until either it happens to you or until you do the research. And parents are not speaking up. For example, I give you know the example of the anti-bullying programs. Most parents, when I ask them, do, does your school have a program for your ch- children? They're like, oh, yeah, they do. What's it called? They have no idea. How often do they implement? No idea. Um, have you read the policy or, you know, bullying reporting or any type of reporting at your school? Most of them haven't. And th- this is this is very common. So when parents don't know how the school operates, when it comes time to advocate for your child, sometimes you're missing those really important elements that you should be aware about so that you can use those to your advantage to advocate for your child so I mean there's so much I can share so I'm gonna stop right there in case you have questions yeah just, no like, that's great information
1: right i I want to go back to the top three like you were saying like you know how how um how do i you know tell to, to tell my child you know to stop a bully and then at the same time i was thinking you were talking about the statistics too about the child that is doing the bullying too and you th- in my head i'm going you know when you stop and think about that child there's something happening at home probably that's leading to that happening and you know and that child may be bullied you know i don't that's some of the studies that i'm sure are out there but then when you think about the teachers bullying it that's what's so you know that's so troubling to me because i know and i've seen it and i've heard it i've had friends who had teachers and, and, um and I remember when I was in school, I, I had a teacher that bullied me and, and I was just like, it was very upsetting. I mean, that was, I believe I was like in first or second grade. And it, back then you could paddle at the school. And I got oh, yeah. paddled by this teacher who was a bully. And I, I'll never forget my mom coming up there. She was like a storm coming through, look out, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, and then the, and you're right, the workplace bully. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't talk about that and they don't realize you are being bullied at work. And, you know, those are three interesting. And really, I, I as you think about it, they're very powerful top three ones that you shared. And then, you know, to talk about that one in five are being bullied. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big number. That's a big, big number. You know, yeah. And when you have
0: 30, 35 kids in a classroom, every, you know, one, every five, yeah. that, that, that's a lot. And that's, that's really sad because no child should, feel not
1: safe at their place of education. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what you said to me, what you said to us is that, and I didn't think about this, like they, if it's not in writing, you can go and tell all you want, but they don't have to do anything. So it's important is what I'm hearing you dolly say. It's important to put it in writing because mm-hmm. then they have to answer to it. They have to respond to it. Right. So what what comes to mind what I'm thinking about too is and you're right that the other part of that, like they are paid in school. I remember when they the beginning of the school year when they do the count, make sure your kids in school, make sure your kids in school, they want that count number, right? Mm -hmm. But so so what do you say to that parent who their child right now is being bullied and they just don't want to go to school and you know you're kind of lost and what do I do? Like what would you say some of the first steps that a parent could do if they're in that situation where they love their, they know that they're, you know, because we do hear and, you know, and, and I, I'm trying to be very mindful of the words that we use, but we do hear where our young kids are not, are taking their lives because they're being bullied at school. And in some situations, maybe the parent knew, but in some situations the parents have done so much, but they're, they're not sure what else to do or where to start. So what do you say that person, Dolly, that comes to you and says, you know, I think my, I know my child's being bullied, and I just don't know what to do because he has to go to school, but he's scared to go to school. And so what how do you walk them through that?
0: Ooh, OK. So with your child, the first thing you should do is as soon as they tell you that something's going on, never question that it it is never question its intensity or that it, if it really happened. The moment you ask them, oh, are you sure you just did you just. Crushed their hearts, you invalidated their experience. And remember that the experience is theirs and it's very real to them. And um, at this point, just say, I'm really sorry that this is happening to you. You don't deserve it. And then ask them, How can I help you? You want to make sure that they're in charge. And also, I want you to keep in mind that your child knows their school better than you do, no matter how much you volunteer there. They know it from that lens of that student. And so they will know sometimes or have an idea what you could do that will help or what you could do that might make it worse. And, you know, all kids are like, no, no, mom, don't go down there. You know, you're going to make it worse because retaliation is real. Um, So listen to your child. If they have a solution and they just need your support, then go with it. Um, If they need more help than your support, please, 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 Reach out to the appropriate person, like a mental health specialist. The schools have many resources. For example, the school psychologist, they're usually there to help with some um, emotional, socio-emotional work, but they're also there to do like the IEPs, you know, the testing for any learning um, differences or anything like that. But ask them because sometimes they have really good resources to help kids who are going through bullying the school psychologist is actually usually the one designated to implement the anti-bullying program for the students. So that should be a really good resource to go to. Sometimes your school has school, um, school social service um, experts. They too have resources. Um, sometimes a person of influence at the school, maybe a favorite teacher, just make sure that that person's values or like ways of you know, mentoring your child aligned with your values and your morals and make sure that that's a safe person because, you know, things happen nowadays. You can't be too careful with your child. Um, But you have to ultimately empower your child with confidence. And this comes in so many ways, right? Because it can be like teaching your child how to respond properly to a bullying situation. Number one, a myth that a lot of people believe is that if you respond, it's going to get worse. That's actually um, true only if you respond negatively. Like if somebody calls you stupid, oh, well, you're more stupid than I am. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna raise a lot of red flags. It's gonna get worse. But if somebody calls you stupid, um, say, oh, man, you know what, I'm working on myself. Thank you for letting me know. Because they don't see it coming. And a person who bullies is always trying to get a rise out of Their victim. They want this shock element and they thrive off of that. So if you respond with something positive, something neutral, or sometimes not even at all, you just ignore it, it can stop pretty quickly. The other way is by telling them to just say, hey, cut it out. That's not cool. Call out the action, not the person. So don't say, hey, cut it out. You're being a bully because now you're insulting. You're calling them a bully and nobody likes to be, even the bully doesn't like that, right? So you say, hey, cut it out. Those are bullying behaviors. You can say that. I mean, no kid's going to say that because it's kind of too geeky, (laughs) but I'm just giving the example. So when you teach your child how to use the power of their voice and also how to use their body language to, um, you know, with confidence and rehearse how to respond, you are creating a very strong person. There was a study that was done last year by UCLA. They studied all of the anti-bullying programs or many um, programs throughout the world. And the one that they found was most effective is one that's used in Finland for one reason, that they role play, which I'm proud to say I have been inculcating this idea in the parents that I teach since day one. Because I recognized that with my daughter, when she was being bullied, I would tell her, like, no, baby, you need to stand up like this and you need to talk like this. And this is what you say to him. And, you know, with a, a like confident, not shouting because it's different. And I remember that that helped her. So I carried that on in what I've been doing all these years. Right. And so I was very happy to hear that UCLA found that role playing, teaching them to, you know, be empowered and how to respond works. So yeah, your teen child is probably not going to want to role play with you. And they're like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> you know? But if you have younger ones, use it. And don't forget that if you are dealing with any type of bullying at home, which happens, it happens with family members, with cousins, siblings, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws. Just if your children are not seeing you stand up for yourself, you're role modeling to not do that for yourself. So be very careful, you know, with what they're watching, but encourage them to build up that confidence, not just in speaking up, but also with challenging themselves. So like, for example, one of my kids to this day, she's 15. She still struggles sometimes with things like going to the cash register and asking for a price. So, I'm like, nope, you've got to go. And she's like, no, please, mom. I'm like, come on, you've done this before. You survived. Go <laughs> do it. And she'll do it. And she's like, oh, okay. Yes, I forgot. That does feel good. And she's like, I did it. <laughs> Every child is different. And they're going to go through waves of confidence. They're going to go through really shy moments. And then something will happen, maybe new friends. Maybe they're intimidated by a child that's a little too vivacious for them. And maybe that'll dim their little light, but then you've got to be there to make sure that that that's shining as as bright as possible. So whether it's through sports, whether it is um, in art, you know, whether it is just like surrounding them with real friends. When I say real friends, I mean, the friends who didn't laugh when they were being bullied instead they either help stop it or after it happened, they walked up to them and like, hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't step in. I was afraid, but you don't deserve this. and I'm here for you. Those are real good friends. So there's many things, as you see, that you can do. And I can give you even more examples, but
1: hopefully there's something to get you started with. Oh, those are definitely great examples. And it reminded me of when, so my older son, Matthew, we adopted Matt when he was a month old and he's mixed race. And our younger son, we had through in vitro. And so I remember one time Matt was out um, in Virginia, they were out doing, it, it was sledding because we had some snow and he came in, he was really, really upset. And, um and he, he was, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like what's going on? And, and, you know, on our street, we had like, I think 15 boys, like every house had boys and there was like one or two house had girls. And so he came in and he goes, "Well, so and so, they're calling me a chocolate candy bar and it's just really upsetting me." And I was like, "I'm sorry they're upsetting you and that's not right they're calling you." I said, "And you know what? You can tell them that people like chocolate candy bars better than they like white candy bars." <laughs> He just looked at me and my husband goes that's so smart but is yeah. it? I'm like "That no it's just like projecting it back to them well they like chocolate I don't see very many white candy bars around I see lots of chocolate candy bars around <laughs> you know? good so, for you yeah I, I, I was like so that, that example I was like well you're talking about I'm like oh I'm so proud of myself for doing mm-hmm. that you know and I didn't even know we didn't have a thing back then but, but you know and even like as he went to school as he hit high school I didn't realize how much because he didn't share it you know he's in high school and he's a job When am I going to share that, you know, like you were saying, and I didn't realize how much he was bullied by his own peers like you were talking about in the beginning, how even the people in the Latino community were, you know, bullying and and he was being bullied because he we were white. So you have white parents. Right. So, gosh, I didn't I wish I would have known that he goes, oh, you would have tried to do something. I'm like, So you know, but but you're right, and then like you said, like have I love we talk about the role playing. I think that's a really powerful to do that role playing because it's important that it's like if you're not if you're somebody who does affirmations, you stand in front of the mirror, you're saying positive things to yourself. Teaching our kids how to say the positive things, not just not only to themselves, but when people do those things to project it back. You know, well your mm-hmm. behaviors are you know the bullying and and you know those things like calling them out. I think that's really strong and teaching their kids to have that voice because they get scared i think sometimes to use that voice and if you can empower your child to use that voice to say that's not acceptable i mean even in my grown years two weeks ago i have a situation right now in my family where i have an uncle who decided he wanted to say some pretty not nice things to me around taking care of my mother and you know i and it was pretty ugly the things he said and i called my mom and you know my mom believes that, oh, he's a patriarch out of the family. We have to do what he says. And I'm like, no. And I said to her, I mean, right now I have huge boundaries around her because I said to her, listen, I grew up in a house where my dad treated you a certain way. And that was a big, you know, that was bullying and narcissism and all that stuff. I said, I swore to myself that when I was dating or anything, if anybody did that, that was not the example of how I wanted to live. And I said, and I'd be darned if I'm going to let an uncle who I idolize speak to me this way. So, you know, yeah. it's like, so like having that voice and having the confidence in your voice, and I've said this before on the show for our, our parents that are listening, you teach your kids that at a young age. It's going to carry them through life. It's going to carry them when they get into these situations where they're maybe bullied at work or somebody is bullying them at school or whatever that might be. They'll, they'll have that confidence in their voice. There's, um, there's a girl on TikTok and I keep reaching out to her, but she's not following me yet. So we haven't connected. Mm-hmm. But her daughter does all these positive affirmations. She puts it on on the on the platform. And I remember the one time she got up and was, I don't do negative today. And I was just like, that's so, I just sit there going, I think it's so awesome that here is this mom teaching her daughter how to be positive, how to stand up for herself and have a voice. And like you said, Dolly, I think it's, if that's a place that we can start, it's a powerful place to start with our kids at a very young age. And I like what too, you know, they're watching us and we know, it's funny how you said that we say that all the time, our kids are watching us. And sometimes we don't pay attention. But I think in the world we're in today, we really have to stand up and pay attention to your kids are watching how you respond to things. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, um, you know, there, there are so many ways that you can show kids to empower themselves. And of course, don't use the word empowerment with a child because they're just going to roll their eyes. (laughs) But you know, giving them examples, even through media, if that's the, the the thing that they do, right? Some Some kids are TV watchers, some kids are gamers, you know, whatever it is that they're into, if you can find a way to get what you know, to use what they love and give them examples, that will resonate with them. And also the power of storytelling, especially personal stories of yours. Because when you share with a kid, oh, yeah, I remember this kid at school when I was in high school got bullied so bad and this happened, and they'll be like, oh, wow, that sucks. But then if you tell them, hey, I got bullied and this is what happened, they're going to remember that because they have a personal connection to you. They feel more, right? When it's somebody they know. So if they find themselves in a situation where they wanna act on bullying behaviors or they are being attacked you know uh with bullying behaviors they'll think of your story like what would what would you know my parent you know what what would they have done or how would they have felt if i do this or that you know um if, if you know that there is somebody in your family who really connects with your child and say they, they're going through something with bullying right now and maybe they don't want to listen to you because you know how kids are. You can tell them the same piece of advice a million times, but then Joe Snuffy across the street, who he adores because he's like a baseball player just like him, he'll say the same thing to your child that you've been saying all along. And they're like, oh my gosh, mom, guess what? Just nothing just told me this. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I've been saying that all along. You know, so try to leverage the people that are influencing your children and always be in communication with that person. Make sure that if you see your child struggling, talk with them and say, hey, you know, my child right now is going through this. Um, could you just hear them out and let me know, make sure it's somebody that's not going to tell them to go slash tires, you know, (laughs) or egg their house or anything like that. Um, but kids need to know that you're there for them. And they also need to know that it is okay for them to go to somebody else for certain things, you know, and express themselves because kids worry about what we think of them. They, they really do want to show us that they're brave because they want to make us proud all the time, you know? But also share the knowledge that you have in regards to bullying awareness. Because when a child is aware that you are educated on that, they feel more confident just knowing that you have the knowledge. Because my kids tell tell me that all the time, They're like, oh, I know, you know, so I'll come to you or I'll send my friends, you know, whereas if if I didn't have that knowledge, we're like, I don't know, I'm not that confident that my mom or dad are gonna defend me because they don't even know what to ask. So Invest in yourself because that speaks volumes. And, you know, when you advocate for your child, make sure that, I mean, I have a whole course on this about the proper reporting methods, but always start with educating yourself with how your school works. Mm -hmm. If they're not offering workshops, which is most of the case, they don't, you know, ask, ask the questions, you know, who handles the investigations? How are they in, you know, how long is the investigation process? How much training does this person have doing these investigations? You know, what are my rights? Um, How do I communicate? What's best? Yeah, I always tell parents, whatever you can track, you know, hopefully email, the better. Because if your principal has every single, you know, um, uh, intention of helping, but their plan is just not working then it's time to escalate it up to the district and speak to that superintendent because they're always going to ask you, did you start at the bottom? Right. Okay, then. Okay. What did you try? All right. Okay. They'll tell you either go back to that principal, give them another chance or, okay, I think that they tried enough. Let me step in. And there's higher levels you can go. Most people don't go any further than the superintendent. And that's great. Unfortunately, some have to go the legal route. Some have to go to the school board. Some have to go above the school board and go to the State Department of Education. A lot of people don't know that that's an option. So you're not alone, parents. Like, there are many options out there. And because most parents don't educate themselves about the ins and outs of how schools operate, that's why we feel so powerless. And that's why there's, like, a gap of communication with the schools.
1: Yeah. No, I... I love that you talk about, you know, it's okay to not know. I've heard that too. It's okay to not have the answers in the go. And I love to the example of going to other sources because you're right. Like sometimes that the person right across the street or that coach or somebody else they, that they're close to, they're going to listen to because you're right. Our, our kids don't always listen to us because we're a mom and dad. Like we didn't always listen to our parents either, right? <laughs> oh, mom, you don't know, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important to, to the listeners to understand that. Don't just stop because you feel like you don't want any place else to go, especially when you're talking about reporting at school. If you've done everything you can, absolutely go up the ladder, go to the superintendent, go to the school board, you know, because the bottom line is you're fighting for your child. You're fighting for what's right for your child. And and that's and that's a great example, too, to our children to say, I believe in you. And this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. And I loved earlier, too, that you mentioned. Um, I forgot to say this is that when they do come home and tell you that don't you know believe don't believe in them like mm-hmm. explain ex- understand where they're coming from because that's their perception it's just like you and i could be looking at something that's pink and i might tell you well i think it's lavender and you think it's that that's our perception and mm-hmm. so their perception is they this happened to them you know it may not be the extreme that maybe it ha- the, the details may be a little off but it it's their perception this has happened to them so don't ignore them you know don't ignore that i i love that example so i want to talk about your your behind your wall, your artwork about your characters. So tell us about your characters and where they come from, and and where everybody can find this information at.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Pearl. Well, most of the art back here is either uh, done with me and my children, or I've purchased it from local artists. Like uh, Abel, which hand is it here? <laughs> Abel, this is this is Abel, um, the anti-bullying um, bully uh, who was drawn by a, a local artist. Um, and I'm gonna use him for my workbook with for kids. And of course, like melted uh, crayons that that was actually my kids with my uh, sister-in-law. And then I have my workbook up here that I yeah, one of the versions that I have. Um, And of course, my military picture, because I'm very proud of the whole 10 years that I served because it was not easy. But it was like the best thing that I could have done, especially for a person who lacked confidence. Um, It was just a, a great place to really be pushed like I needed to to grow into who I am today, really. Because even in the military, I experienced bullying, which wasn't called that. You know, it's like, oh, that's just how things are. That's a whole nother talk anyway. But um <laughs> that's what this wall is about. So I have a lot of really cool things um, and and I love that you love it everybody that sees it always compliments me it's, yeah
1: so and it's it's empowering it's you know it's it's so colorful and it brings up great different feelings when you look at it and I love the character for the able for you know the stop the bullying I think it's so, so powerful so speaking of powerful Dolly and what we do what I coach on is I coach with women to help them put themselves first without guilt like learn to say no to others and yes to themselves more often and overcome that people pleasing right so One of the things that we coach on is we have what's called our Shiro GPS. So it's our Shiro method, which helps you, you know, you start out, you need those resources. You've got to start the car. So where do you start to start stepping into who you want to be? Right. And so I want to, if you'll let me play along with you, I want to kind of talk to you about some of those letters. Um, So the S stands for strong. And so, you know. As like we're talking here, as we teach our kids to how to respond to the bullying or the bully and how to share with you. Right. We're teaching them to become stronger in that and putting themselves first. And that's what I feel like the S is for women, too, is as you overcome that people pleasing and learn to say yes to you and fill your cup more, you have this new strength. So I would love because, yes, you've had many years in the service, everything you're doing here and what you've grown up in coming from another country if you can think back in a time when you hear the word strong, that 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 strength pulled you through something, would you be open to sharing that with our listeners? Yeah. So you want me to share a specific
0: event? Sure. Um, okay. Oh, my gosh. I have so many to pick from. Uh, wow. Okay. So I experienced some real heavy bullying when I was in the military. And I was very intimidated Um, in Latin America, just like in many other countries, children are raised to think um, you cannot question people of authority. And that can be very dangerous because that's how a lot of abuse happens in kids. Right. But um, I was like in my early 20s and I had made rank really fast because I was I was on it. I had a great mentor and I was being harassed by this um, person um, above me, you know, higher level. And I remember my mentor and my husband, they were so mad because they were like, you just got to stand up for yourself. You know, like, it doesn't matter how scared you are. You need to walk in there, make your case. I don't care if you cry while you're saying it, you need to say it. And I was petrified because what I was saying was going to shift everything, like the the way that we operated in our whole section, because what this person was doing was not good. Um, And my husband, I remember I came home and I couldn't sleep. It's like one of those where, you know, like you get up to go to work and you're like, oh, I just want to cry. I want to throw up. I don't even want to go in. My husband looks at me. He's like, look, he said, gosh, darn it. (laughs) These men are just like you. They put one leg into their pants just like you. So get your butt in there. And speak up for yourself and just get it done. And I remember going in there and I was like, I'm telling you, I was red, sweaty, everything. I wanted to puke. I get in there and I remember inside I knew I had to sound confident. I had to speak up loud, not shout. And I started and I tell you, I got through it. My voice quivered the whole time almost. I got red. I wanted to cry. I did it and it was scary during the whole time because it was quite a long conversation. I think it was almost 30 minutes long. And then when I walked out of there, I felt like falling apart because I was like, oh my gosh, I survived. But at the same time, I was like, holy cow, I cannot believe that I just spoke to this E7. I was an E5 back then. Um, I spoke to this man this way. And for me, that was an enormous achievement because I grew up in a home where I was Told never to challenge an adult. Um, I was also, I grew up in a violent home too. So, you know, when you grow up in a violent home and you see somebody speaking up for themselves just to get beat up, then without them even saying it to you, you learn to just not say anything because you're like, oh, that's what happens when you speak up. So that fear is really real. And I think that people don't realize that even in domestic violence, that is a form of bullying, you know. So for me to have stood up to somebody that way was huge. And I know that that was the turning point for me as an adult, that one event was such a huge turning point. And from there on, I just, I just speak up, I'll speak up for others, too. So
1: yeah, thank you for letting me share that one. Thank you for sharing that. That's a very vulnerable share as well. And and you know, I love how they said it. They put the pants on the same way we do. I know. I'll <laughs> never forget that. It's, it's, it's you so know, true. But sometimes we just have to hear that because sometimes I think the fear is so heavy and so strong that we for, that we forget that that they're just mm-hmm. like us, you know. And and then they have that strength. That's a great story of strength. So yeah, I love that you share that. And you know. It's one of those things like I think when in our life something happens and we step in and go, I'm not putting up with this and I'm going to stand up for myself. You walk out of there, you're like your shoulders are back and you're like, hey, I did that. That felt pretty darn good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the next letter is H. So the H stands for happy, because as you do, you stand up and you put your shoulders back and you've got that strength. Now you start feeling some of those feelings you forgot about. You start feeling a little bit happier. You start feeling like, oh, I, I can go do this again if I had to. Don't mess with me because I got this down. Right. So you feel like that you have this happiness or this joy happening. So if you think of the word happy right now, what's something in your life that brings you the greatest joy? Aside from my kids and my husband, um, <laughs>
0: my gosh I love seeing people take information and do something good with it because it's a it's a it's a sign of self-empowerment and there have been so many people who have come to me for you know asking for resources tips and stuff and and I'll give them the tools but then they don't use them and it's a it's a disappointment because I'm like gosh if you would just so I love it because when they do and and I love just to see them thrive even when I was in the military and I would mentor my soldiers I used to always tell them like look here's the study guide if you want to go to the board study I'll help but you got to do it and like oh I can't get I can't max the board I'm like yes you can yes you can we'll do it and I would show them and they would we would do the work and when they would come out of that board with a high score or at the max The the light in their eyes, the butt, everything's like, yes, yes. And i was like, that's right. I just showed you that you could do it. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. But like, no, man, because you are the one who did the work. So I love it when people take the tools, no matter what people say that you're not going to make it or whatever, you just do you and and just enjoy your your victory, because that's really what it is. Something as small as a board you know, to some people, it's not a big deal. But to others, it's, it's all about that confidence, especially when
1: you come from that mindset of am I good enough? Right? Can I do it? Right? That's a huge, huge one. That's awesome. I can see the joy. So those that are not watching, she had such a big smile when she shared that story. And, you know, yeah, it's so fun when you can mentor coach somebody and, and then they, they, they succeed. They're doing it on their own. But you're just kind of cheerleader, just like, you know, you got this cheering them on. I love that. So kind of goes with what the letter E stands for. And the E is for empowerment. So as you become you know, stronger, you're happier, now you feel like you've got this power to be like, I can do anything, nothing's going to stand in my way. And whether it's starting a business like you did or whether it's you know, standing up to a bully like our kids will do, you know, something that empowers you. What, you. what right now in your life, what's happening in what you're doing that is empowering you to keep pushing forward with your message? Oh wow, that's a good question. What
0: is empowering me? uh, Empowering me? Um, I really feel like it's all the the parents who want the question the questions answered. Like every single time they ask me something, and I love it when they they ask me something that has never been asked before, because I'm like, oh, let me find out if I don't know, and I will do whatever I can to give them the answer. um, Because I feel like. While I'm giving them knowledge, they're actually helping me, I think, more. (laughs) They're helping me just gain a lot more knowledge. And then it's not just a matter of having the knowledge. It's like, it's
1: what you do with it. So, yeah, I think that that's my answer. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. and, And I know, you know, it's sometimes watching that happen and watching that change we don't always see it but then as you start watching happen it does it just it's so powerful to see that change happening so then the R stands for radiant. I feel like as you go through those first letters, now you've got like you're glowing up, as one of my guests said, glowing up, you mean like, I love that. So like you're like you've got this new glow to you. Like people are looking at you going, Tolly, what what are you doing differently? Like, did you cut your hair? Have you lost weight? Are you wearing new makeup? Because they see this difference in you, right? And they they notice something about you. So what would you say for you in what you're doing, what's been the biggest thing that's caused you to smile the most through the work you're doing. Can you give an example of somebody, somebody who maybe you helped them change the trajectory of how the bullying was going for them or their child and how that how that glowed up?
0: Yeah, actually um there was a young boy who's in ninth grade who had been bullied since elementary school by the same kids. Cause you know like they they never move so you go on to the same schools. And mom calls me and she's like, I really don't know how to help him. He's just—he's been told he's awkward. So you know, what can I do? And I I gave her some tips, um, and we had a check-in a month later. How's he doing? Oh, he's amazing! I said, remember, confidence building. Do a sport or something, because if your child is, say, the "quote unquote" awkward kid, then uh, and doesn't have friends, then you do something to find your child some friends maybe with other kids who are just as awkward as as your child is because then you're not awkward you just you know <laughs> you're in your own element with your with like-minded people and that's exactly what happened with this child he actually wasn't interested in any of the activities at school so he was a quote unquote awkward kid mom put him into this uh, sport where you know he found other friends and it was amazing to see him chattier, happier, even like goofy and doing like little dances. Normally he wouldn't do stuff like that around people. And then mom is like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is great. I can't believe it was that simple. And sometimes, you know, as parents, we do need that outside perspective. The answer is there. And, you know, so that was that's one of my happiest ones, especially because for him to have shifted that way. After years of being bullied, usually it takes longer for kids to get there. And he did it uh, in a much faster way. But I, I give credit to the parents because both of them were on board. Both of them were supportive. And the fact that they even called me for a consultation to try to find answers that speaks volumes.
1: I, I hope that child recognizes how much his parents cared, you know, and love him to do that for yeah, him. Yeah, because a lot of times parents are too afraid to reach out. They don't know the resources. So yeah, that's that's amazing. And that I never thought about like you, it's sort of like my younger one. He's very was very introvert, did gaming. That's kind of where he always gravitated. That's where his friends were and all. Mm-hmm. And and so that's a great reminder to a great story of success. I love that. So now the last one is O, and the O stands for being original. So I believe that, you know, you come into this world and, you know, for me, whatever, whoever you might believe in, but for me, God says, here's everything I'm putting in your DNA. I'm going to make you, these are the things you're going to do in life. You know, and I've, I always talk about here on the show about how if you don't do something with that talent, you're cheating yourself, but really you're cheating me because I'm not going to learn. If Dolly didn't do what she does, I wouldn't learn these things about bullying so that I can share it with my friends who have younger kids, I wouldn't learn some of these tips and tricks and things like that, how to talk to our children. So Dolly thinking about original and being that original self, what is like, what's the next thing that you want to work on that you have? You're like, this is something I'm going to do. It's in my blood. I want to get it. I want to do this with what you're doing today. Where's, where are you going next with what you're doing?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. So I have a big, enormous dream, and that is to get the Diversity and anti Bullying Academy to as many schools as possible. And not just schools, but organizations that want this for parents. Um, That's my big dream. Right. But of course, I have to do other things um, before I get there. So my next one is actually to write a book for the parents. Um, this has been a real challenge for me because I've written workbooks and stuff. Initially, I start them as this is going to be it. This is going to be the book for the parents. But somehow it shifts into something else. So I've told myself this this year is it. I think I found the right editor to to help me and guide me. Um, And there's a lot of, uh, I think, resistance with it, because I think that it kind of reminds me of what I went through as a child you know, because it was it was tough. And while I'm good, it's just like resurfacing some of that stuff can be a little scary. So I'm just being real here. That's, Mm -hmm. that's my next goal of the book. But really, my big picture is to get Daba out, because I know that parents need it when we have kids taking their lives because they're so tormented, they feel like that's the only way out we need to do something about it. We need to stop talking about bullying as if it's just a childhood thing because it's not It's not normal to take your life. It's not normal right. to be so depressed. It's not normal for someone as young as six years old to take their life because they've
1: been bullied. Absolutely. I can't wait for the book to come out. That's uh, going to be an amazing book. It's going to be awesome. So I thank you so much for playing along. And so I just looked down I'm like, oh, my gosh, our time's like running out. So Dolly, tell everybody where they can find you at. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Thank you, Pearl. Yes, I am available anywhere
0: on social media. My handle is at Talks. That's D-A-L-I-T-A-K-L-S. I mean, L-K-S. I'm sorry. Um, or Dalitalks.com. Um, And, yeah, you can DM me or I'm on Facebook, PM me there. Um, And I have a blog. I also have a podcast, the Dolly Talks podcast. And I share not just information about bullying, but just overall parenting, you know, like being a human type of information to help you grow, not just as a parent, but as a human being. And Pearl, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for taking the interest in it, because
1: you're just proof that there's other parents that still need this. And I'm here to be a resource. Oh, I'm so glad we we're able to bring this subject to the show. And I'm so honored to have you here. Okay. And so I did for one Dolly that we are doing our Better Questions, Better Life cards. So if you want these, go to betterquestionsbetterlife.com. There's 77 different cards. So I'm going to shuffle. And Dolly, you're going to tell me when to stop. Here we go. Stop. So her question says, what is my point of impact? What is your point of impact? Hmm, I'm not sure I understand that correctly. I'm an overthinker. so. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you showing like where are you impacting where's your landing point of impact I mean I think what you're doing I think you know the answer so I'm not gonna yeah, so you. the parents um definitely the parents um because
0: I yeah they need help and it's okay to need help because there's no such thing as a parent I, I always tell people because their children don't come with manuals let's all collectively share information and make our manual, you know, because everybody has so much information from different experiences that we can help one another out with love, without criticism and, and you know just just to
1: make better kids and have them live a, a happier childhood. I think that's a great point of impact for you, my darlings. So <laughs> I'm so glad you're on with the show with us today. And for those that are listening, if you're watching on YouTube, please like our channel on YouTube and then subscribe at Conversations with Pearl. But I want to remind you guys all that you come into this world. You are this rough shell, this tough oyster on the outside. But as you open it up, you find your own beautiful pearl. And I hope today you go out and you find your pearl of greatness. And we will see you next time. Thank you. That was beautiful, Pearl. Hey, this is Pearl and I am coming on today because you've been listening to me for a little while, but I wanted to really explain to you what a shiro is. You hear me talk about on the radio show and the podcast often about what is a shiro, and what I want you to know is a shiro is you. You are listening today and you are a shiro. But what do I mean you're a shiro? So a shiro is somebody who is strong. You are you have so much strength, and maybe you don't know it. Maybe you're not seeing it inside yourself, and you need help tapping into that. And that's what I love to help women do is to find your strength within and help you pour it out of yourself, help you become the strong person you are. And H stands for happy. You know, we all want to be happy. But sometimes finding the roadmap to happiness isn't easy. And so sometimes we have to help make that deep dive into answering heartful, soulful questions about what does it really mean to be happy? What brings me joy? What do I need to say no to so that I can become the person I want to be and the strong person I want to be that's also happy? And then empowered. You are empowered just by listening to this podcast that we do or the radio show to be the person that you are meant to be, that person inside, that little girl that's inside just waiting to come out. We want to empower you through our Shiro method to become that strong, happy, empowered person that you are. But it's not an easy step. So you know we have to cut through the fluff and the excuses and the drama and the mess so we can make that progress. Because as we start making the progress, then what happens is you start seeing the radiant you. You start arriving at the level that you've created, that divine roadmap, where you're finally starting to live intentionally. And as you live intentionally, then you realize your strength really is powerful, that your happiness is meaningful, and that you are empowered to pay it forward to others, to do the things you want to do without guilt because you deserve it. And because your radiance is showing. And then as you work through that progress, then what happens is you become your original self. You become that authentic you that you're supposed to be. Like you've done that deep soulful work and you're starting to make that path of satisfaction and that happiness you've been craving. And so you start laying down the foundation of your success. When you wake up in the morning You find yourself looking in the mirror and realizing that you don't recognize your old self anymore, that you, you see yourself reflected everywhere in your stride, your relationships, your career, and even your hobbies. So as you align your outward trajectory with that inward path, you start gaining that clarity and that confidence and courage to focus and follow your internal direction. So really, that's what a shiro is. And it's not easy to get there right? We need to learn the steps to become that true Shiro, to tap into those superpowers that you have within. And that's why we have what's called our Shiro League. And if you want to join a community of women that are working on exactly these things that we're talking about, that are becoming strong, that are happy, that are empowered, that are radiant and original, that want to tap into things that bring them joy and say no to the things that don't Let them enjoy the things that they want to do. We meet every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. No makeup. If you want makeup, you can. But just come in to be your radiant self, to be that original person you are. Because really, as you look at your biggest sources of stress, we want to help you with our, our Shiro League and our Shiro Method to help you listen to that internal compass So you can start decluttering your distractions and really identify what's really missing in your life. Like what brings you joy and what, we're not talking foo-foo feeling stuff, like really what fills your cup? What makes you so happy to put your cape on first? And as we do that and you become that sure you're meant to be, then what happens is you are radiant. You have created an opportunity to release what you need to say no to so that you can start fulfilling your purpose. So you can start stepping out of your comfort zone and really into what brings your joy. And our Shiro Method Roadmap is that crucial step of helping you to live the life you want to be, to be that Shiro you want to be, to tap into what it is you deserve to do, what it is you've been desiring to do. And listen, if you're a mom and you've got kids and you're a working mom outside the house, you're not all about the mom title. You are Pearl. You are Sue. You are Jacqueline. You are Stella. You are somebody that matters and somebody that has goals and visions that deserves to create that divine roadmap so that you finally begin. And like I said, live your life intentionally. So if you're ready to do that, And you want some help with that, I would love to invite you to a free call with me. Just let's talk about where you're at, how you get to where you want to go. What are your goals? What brings you joy? What do you need to say no to? And I would love to help you peel back those layers so that you can arrive at the real answers so that we can cut away the fluff and the excuses and the drama and help you make that real progress. Because we're not promised tomorrow, we're not promised the next 30 seconds. And if you are here and you're listening, then you know that we are about putting ourselves first. We're about putting that cape on first. We're about finding your true authentic self and learning how to overcome people pleasing and start tapping into your superpowers. Because as you tap into your superpowers, you then can take care of those you love, the things you love to do even better than what you're doing today. Because when you put yourself first, you can become the Shiro that you're meant to be. And your superpowers will help even take care of your family and your loved ones to a much bigger success than you're already doing. So if you're ready to tap into your superpowers and ready to find out how to become your true Shiro, I want you to email me, Shiro, at Pearl at WSliving.com. That's Shiro at Pearl at com, And I would love to help you become the Shiro of your life.